Support for the Couples Council comes from Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Their purpose is to equip you with the right skills for a happy and healthy relationship. Schedule your consultations now. For more information, visit mercierwellness.com. Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Small steps, big changes. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. Please consult a licensed professional for your mental health needs. Now Now on on with with the the show. show. Hello and welcome to the Couples Council. I'm your host, Dr. Jameson Mercier, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about trauma. Now, trauma is, it seems to be always popular uh, in uh, society, uh, more so lately, but uh, specifically in the context of our relationships, right? When we look at other people's relationship, a lot of us like to say, oh, well, they got a lot of baggage, you know, or he comes with a lot of baggage. She has a lot of baggage. And what we fail to realize is sometimes what we think is baggage could actually be real trauma. You know, we talk about how issues often will show up in relationships, but sometimes those issues are very real trauma, whether it's from childhood years or trauma in uh, our adult lives. And so we decided to address this topic here on the podcast uh, with a good friend of ours. Uh, Her name is Sharon Lawrence. Um, She is a clinician and owner of SELA Wellness and Therapeutic Services. She is currently based out of Maryland. She has over 15 years of experience as an author, therapist, director, supervisor, trainer, and speaker. One of her key beliefs is that if you can change your mindset, you can change your behavior. She provides realistic steps to achieving a more revived lifestyle, which she calls the SELA moment. Rather than go on and on and on, we'll just take you straight into the interview with Sharon Lawrence. Enjoy. Sharon, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Couples Council podcast. I want to thank you personally for saying yes. Um, we met down in Miami not too long ago. Yes. Um, I thought it was a separate conference. You know, you travel and you do all this work and you think you meet someone here and there, but it was actually Miami at a supervision conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. but, so, and you're based in Maryland, though. I am. First, let me say thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to be joining you today. Um, but yes, it was in Miami at the Supervision Conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. You, um, and now you had connected with her dean previously, and we met and chatted a little bit. We um, connected as well at that conference. Yeah. Me and her dean connected at that conference and just remained connected and it was so much going on. Um, we were supposed to connect afterwards and that fell through. Mm. And so I was like, okay, it's, it's going to be another opportunity. Yes. And so now here we are today. Yes. Yes. So again, thank you for saying yes. Thank now you. for you guys listening, the reason I wanted to have Sharon on, um, we've said this in other episodes here for this season of the podcast, we're really taking a deep dive into relationships. Now, marriages, long-term relationships, even 
new relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll even look at people who are single in, in some of the episodes. But a lot of times we just look at what's happening in the marriage. This season in particular, we're going to look at the marriage within the context of mental health. And what that means is there's a lot of stuff that happens that we see, we experience in a relationship that is a symptom or is a sign of something happening beyond or something emotional, something. It, it isn't just something, it's not random. It's connected to our own mental health. Mm -hmm. and, and when I reached out to Sharon, well, the reason I reached out to Sharon was that I see when I read in her bio that she does some trauma work with couples. Now, I got to tell you, when I hear about trauma, everyone talks about trauma and trauma informed, but when she explained to me what she means by couples and traumas work, um, you know, I realized this is something that we all need. And so, Sharon, I'm not even going to blab anymore. Um, just, you know, you just said this to me. I was like, save the goodies, right? But right. Tell me what you said about couples and trauma. Well, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I mentioned was that when people are coming in or come, walking into their relationship or beginning their relationships, they're bringing everything with them. They're bringing their past. They're bringing what they've, you know, been impacted by, the trauma, the pain, um, any rejection, all of that follows them. Mm -hmm. um, and not just from childhood, you're talking about trauma that can be established in their adult years. Mm -hmm. Either way, it goes with them, regardless of how happy they are in the relationship, this new relationship, they still have this stuff that may be unpacked. Yeah. yeah and so, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Continue. I was going to say, so when they're coming to you, you have to get that history, not just, okay, what brings you in today? Looking at whatever this most recent, you know, concern is, you have to get the history to figure out, okay, is there some type of pattern or is there something from the past that could be influencing this, what they consider to be an isolated issue or a pattern of issues? And a lot of people just see that as just normal baggage a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And it's not. No, it really isn't. I mean, and granted, you not saying every person has trauma. I think you were, you know, you were making reference to that early on. A lot of people are using the term trauma. Something happens, they go, oh, they must have had trauma. Oh, that sounds like trauma. And the, the reality is not, not every single person is coming to you with a traumatic experience. No. But you have to be skilled and trained to understand what is trauma and what isn't. Mm -hmm. because some things are choices um, that people are making. So you got to yeah. know the difference. But when there's true trauma, you're teaching that person, one, to acknowledge what's happening internally so that they can start addressing it in couples counseling and individual, uh, and then also helping their mate to understand them and what has happened so that they can respond differently um, because they're also being triggered. So that's maybe creating a traumatic experience for them trying to deal with their partner. You know, I'm glad you say that because in, in the last season, we talked about what, what is it like? What do you do if as a husband or a wife, your spouse is experiencing some mental disorder or mental illness or is having some, uh, is dealing with some trauma from their history? Mm -hmm. um, 
it isn't common that both partners will be on the same plane emotionally. Um, and a lot of people struggle with that. They do have a, a wife who's been battling anxiety or depression or husband who's been battling um, depression and now might be, you know, substituting with alcohol or, or drugs, you know? And so this is one of those things that can trigger some of that where they think it's just substance abuse, but really the underlying focus could be some of this trauma that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so you have to be willing to understand, it's like that ripple effect, um, understanding how many people or places or even things that this situation is touching. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't ignore anything. And so understand that it is connected to something, but you, you have to be willing uh, to explore what that is. Um, so that takes a lot of courage. <laughs> it takes a lot of vulnerability. Um, it takes a lot of patience uh, to understand because you didn't get there overnight. So it's not going to be resolved overnight. Right. Um, so th- this is going to be a new journey, most likely for them stepping into another arena, arena of healing and wholeness, something that looks different from the chaos that may be present as a result of the trauma and, and, you know, conflict that may be happening in the relationship. Mm. So now how, how did it, how is it that you got into working with couples in trauma? (laughs) Um, It is interesting. I I feel like I kind of fell upon it a little bit uh, because my, my goal initially when I started my practice two years ago, well, let me backtrack a little bit because um, nine years ago is when I actually had this vision to provide therapy for therapists. Okay. I wanted to be the therapist for therapists. And I kind of sat on it for seven years. Um, and my husband said, okay, it's, it's, it's time um, that you start this. And I was like, okay. okay. Um, so I started and as a result of learning the process of opening up a practice and, you know, what I should be, you know, offering and what's available out there in terms of training. I, I've worked with couples in the past when I've been a, a contracted therapist, but never did I see myself um, providing therapy ongoing for, for a lot of couples. And I found that I end up having a passion for it, but I did not want to be that clinician that would just sit and say, okay, well, tell me what brings you in today. No, mm. I, I wanted to make sure I was trained and that my skills would be transferable in any, um, you know, group or population that I was serving. Okay. And so I learned about prepare and rich and prepare, yeah. prepare and rich is a curriculum that's for singles, um, seriously dating, engaged and married couples. And I say, I say singles because you can use those same techniques to help them understand what it is they're looking for in, in a relationship. But it, it was through Preparing Rich that I realized that they have something really good in helping couples understand their strengths and areas of need, but they also touch on many areas related to substance abuse, infidelity, um, getting older, how do you deal with intimacy issues at certain ages. Uh, And so 
when I came upon that, I found that I was, I was marketing more for couples okay. because I wanted to really work with them. Now it's a balance. You know, um, I still have my therapists that come through. I have my professionals that come through from all areas and then I have my couples. And so that is my main focus. When I started to practice, no more youth, no more, you know, families for the most part, primarily mm-hmm. adults and couples. Okay. And, um, and so I fell upon it, but I found that I, I loved it. And so when it came to trauma, I knew I could not ignore any history. So when people ask me, you know, well, well, what do you do when they come in? I need to know the background. Tell me about your childhood. How did you meet? Right. You know, what was it like? And, and when did things start to change? Um, because all of it plays a part. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. And people don't, again, people don't think about that. Uh-uh. Nope. People want to start right where they are, fix it, and within 24 hours be done. Yeah. Not realizing that it might have taken 24 years to get where they are. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I'm glad you said that. Use it as an example, 24 years, because Dr. Christian Conti, who is a certified anger management specialist, um, he's like a five, a level five. I'm a level two. And I use him as part of, um, in his videos, I use a lot of his analogies in my anger management groups. And we talk about how it can take, for example, 24 years to get somewhere, but it doesn't mean it takes 24 years to get out of it. And he uses this example of getting stuck pretty much in the desert. And he's like 13 miles out and he runs into this guy and the guy says, oh no, you don't have to walk 13 miles out. If you go this way, you know, it's going to put you out on the highway that you started. Mm. And he said when he got back out, he realized, he said he, he looked down at the odometer and realized he had only walked seven miles. Oh, my. And he said in his mind, he's thinking, I have to walk in this heat with this bike. I, I, I'm 13 miles out and I could be wrong on the numbers. Either way, it did not take him as long or as far to walk to mm-hmm. get out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wow, so you still have work to do. But it may not take you as long, but you still have to do the work. Right, right. And now my experience has been when couples are presented with the work that they need to do, that can be discouraging. Mm -hmm. Is that your experience uh, in working with couples? Yes and no. And I try to make sure that they understand that in the first phone call. I, I always tell people that the therapeutic relationship for me, it starts at the first phone call. It doesn't start when you walk in the door. I'm beginning my communication with you about what's going to happen when you start this process in that first phone call. And I talk about the work and I say, I will never work harder than you. You are driving the train. Yes. (laughs) You are driving the train. I am the second conductor who's collecting tickets. I'm walking through checking for safety. I'm making sure we are A-OK. I'm checking doors. But if that train stops and you don't go forward, we have to have a discussion about, okay, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Are we going to continue on? And if we're not, I need to get off and get on another train. Right. But I cannot do the work for you. And I, I have had situations where I've said to couples, okay, if you're not going to do the work in between sessions, then we need to figure out again what it is we're doing. 
because you can't hold all of this in and wait until you come to the session to say what the other person did. Mm-hmm. The work in between sessions is to practice what we talk about in the session. Yeah, that's where the growth and the learning and everything happens. Yes, because I'm not going to be a part of your process always. Mm-hmm. And so you can, I can be the mediator. Right. But I'm also the encourager to say, okay, now go forth and do this work and believe in your abilities to work through this. You're well when things are going well. I need you to be well, even in the midst of conflict. There has to be some level of comfort in conflict when you're going through things so that people feel safe to process about what's happening and even what's uncomfortable for them. So it's work. <laughs> no, I get it. I'm, and and you yeah. know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about my couples, my, my families I've seen. And it, it, when they are confronted with it, you know, some just are not ready. And mm-hmm. so I'm assuming you've had some people who say either I'll call you back or they thought they were ready and mm-hmm. they recognize that, you know what, this is too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... What's your response to those couples? To respect where they are. Okay. Okay. I still make sure that they have all the information. Mm -hmm. Um, I tell them to give me a call when they're ready, you know, and, and, and if they never call, you know, you hope everything's okay at some Mm, point. Right. Um, I've had some who've done the work and then they call back years later and go, we're still okay. And I'm going, great. Nice. <laughs> you know, but those who aren't ready, I let them know, okay, when you are, because again, that's their journey. You cannot force anyone to start the journey unless they're ready to. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Um, often when I'm working with couples, uh, some, they'll present something and I'll say, to myself, you know, I'll say to myself, isn't that funny? We were just dealing with this, Herdine and I, um, last week, or we're currently dealing with this. Mm-hmm. And do you ever find yourself in that situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where I see I can find myself in their situation? Yes. Okay. Tell, yeah. me, t- tell <laughs> me about what the most recent or most memorable uh, situation. Sometimes it's about just a lack of understanding um, of a situation. And I can remember um, a client sharing something that her her husband did. Um, And this is an individual client, but Mm -hmm. she was processing how she dealt with something. And in my mind, I'm going, my husband just did the same thing. And I'm going, and, and as she's talking, I'm listening, but in my head, I'm going, Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus, right? Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I'm going, we're different. We're different. We're different. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's funny. As I come to the end of my thought, she says, is that normal? And I go, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and I don't mind telling my, my clients, you know, when they ask me questions, I go, you know, honestly, I go, yes, I've encountered that. I said, I, I, I'm often in a place where I have to remind them that as clinicians and helpers, that we are not exempt from life. Right. No, right. we're not turning our sessions into a session for us, but we're letting them know 
that, yeah, no, you're, you're not alone in this. Um, so let's talk about how you maneuver through it. Right. And because, that's, why I, that's why I asked this question, because oftentimes <laughs> they look at us thinking we're, we don't experience these mm-hmm. things. Nope. They look at the clinician sitting across from them or in front of them and wondering, man, you know, mm-hmm. when I can be like this person who doesn't have to deal with any of this, mm-hmm. then I'll be good. Right. And I, and I tell them, no, what you are experiencing is way more common than you probably imagine. Mm-hmm. It's extremely common. But the, here's the thing. If, if a lot of our clients and couples who are coming to us don't necessarily have safe places or people that they can share some of their life experiences with. Right. So if you're looking at social media, for example, in someone's highlight reel, you would think that everything is perfect. Therefore, you don't share because you don't want to look like the odd person out. <laughs> and, we, and we know that's not the case. Yeah. But, but yet we just... It's like brainwashing. <laughs> and we know that. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. And so you have to help them understand, hey, if I'm the only person you have, let, let me at least, you know, give you some type of, of consolation that you're not the only right, person. Right. And... And so we need to talk about how you deal with it because how I deal with it may not work for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's talk about what do you think that you need in this moment, one, to be okay, and two, to be able to move forward and either communicate your concerns or deal with you. Maybe it's something that you created. So how do you deal with you so that Mm. you can do something different moving forward? Because sometimes we may be reacting to something that we think is our partner's fault. In reality, maybe we're sensitive to something. Yep, yep. So and you, yeah, you got to understand that part. Yeah, and that's big. And, you know, something to take that a little further, I've noticed is a wife or a husband will recognize sometimes that this is not a us problem. You know, this is a you problem. This is a Jameson problem or, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't feel... Um, they don't feel able to point that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what, yeah, cause you gotta be careful. You, you have to be so careful how you package that because you have to help them understand, okay, I'm not sure where this is coming from mm. versus that's not my problem. That's your problem. <laughs> that sounds like it's a you problem. That's how they end up in the office. Yes. Yeah. And when it really should be, you know, I call myself the reframe queen. Uh-huh. Okay. Can you tell me what's happening? Because that, um, I, I heard you, but I'm not, sh- I'm not sure how I'm connected to it or I'm not understanding where it came from. Did I miss something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if, <laughs> and if you don't tell me and you don't pull me into the process or you don't understand the process, that's where the chaos starts to begin. Yeah. Yeah. One simple phrase I often give to my clients because, I mean, I use it in my own marriage. I said, I'll, simply, I'll just ask, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's so simple, but when we can sit down and remove all of the, the miscommunications and all the anger or frustration, and you mm-hmm. simply ask, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. 
it forces mm-hmm. us to pause and think, well, what did I mean? I thought I knew what I was saying. I thought we're on the same page, but mm-hmm. clearly we're not connecting. So let me see if I can give it to you in another way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Repackage it. Right. It forces you to use different words um, and to provide more clarity. Right. Because people think by making one statement, like you, you should just get it. <laughs> and that doesn't always work. Yeah. And, if, and now, and now here's the thing. Um, you have to figure out in my book, I talk about a, a lot about being intentional. Um, and that sometimes it goes beyond what you feel like doing. And you may have to go a little bit further and like I said, repackaging it, restating, having the patience to explain yourself or mm-hmm. inquire for clarity, you know, and, and making sure that you're not listening to respond, that you're listening to understand so that the person knows that they're able to fully get it out what's bothering them. Mm-hmm. So that in the end, the matter is truly resolved. Nobody feels unheard. Right. Yeah, because that would really trigger some stuff and get you down a whole different path when you mm-hmm. feel like you're not being heard. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. One of the things I will say is, um, it's interesting, as we're talking about communication, it's so important to also help couples understand that it's okay to be silent too like when you're thinking mm. not ignoring <laughs> just not forcing communication right you know because people would think well, why are you silent i'm processing trying to understand what's happening and sometimes they're just trying to come to some type of resolution again within themselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that they can understand it's like when we're in in therapy sessions i have clinicians who will say, how do you deal with the the silence? I go, you learn to. You have to practice that it really is okay if your client is just sitting there and they haven't said anything just yet. Give them a minute to respond. It doesn't mean you have to jump in and guess what they're thinking. Give them that space. Mm -hmm. The same goes in your relationships. If there's a moment of silence, embrace it. Absolutely. And when you're ready to speak, go with it but it's okay to have some silence yeah and understanding that silence is different from ignoring right (laughs) right yeah acknowledge it and just yeah recognize that yeah let me uh, okay let me think about that okay yeah i often find myself telling people listen if you're not ready just say you know give me give me a day or two give me a couple hours Mm -hmm. um because if you let your partner know you've heard and you need time that eliminates a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are people that I've worked with um, who will use that timeout um, mechanism that comes from the anger management, you know, process. And, mm-hmm. and the partner will say, but I didn't know that they were taking the time out. And I would say, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? They didn't, you didn't know. And they said, well, we were talking and they just walked away and walked out the house. Yeah. And yeah. the other person said, well, I was taking a time out. Yeah, I said, did you explain that? Right. No. 
I said, the purpose of the timeout is to make sure that both parties know what's happening. Yeah. Imagine the football team walking off and nobody knows what happened. That's going to create some major problems, yes. especially in fantasy football. Like, oh. hold up, what's happening <laughs> for the people who have money on the game? They're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. That's going to cause some problems. So you have to be able to say, one, can we, time, can we take a timeout? Because mm-hmm. this, something's happening and I don't think we can resolve it or I don't think I'm responding the way I need to. Can we take a timeout? And then also saying when you're going to come back. Right, right. Because yeah. if you don't set a time frame, mm-hmm. you're going to look back three months later and somebody's going to dig that thing back up because it was never resolved. Nope. So you have to be willing to say, okay, can we come back in a couple of hours or can we talk about this over dinner um, and try to resolve it before bedtime if you can. But we know the reality is that not everyone is able to abide by the don't let the sun go down on your wrath. We, right. we know that. And we cannot force everyone to do that. And some people are okay with that. Uh-huh. You, know, you can actually acknowledge that we're good, but this thing is still, you know, we've tabled this for a minute. Mm-hmm. And whatever works for you, just come back. Just commit to coming back to it. Don't Mm. ignore it. Yeah. 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 One one of the things we implement here at, in our home is if, if I want to continue or have a conversation with her Dean and she's, she'll say, well, babe, I'm not quite ready. I'll say, okay, you let me know when you're ready because I've now made the offer. Mm -hmm. So now it's upon you to, to bring it back mm-hmm. and that keeps us from feeling like one person's always chasing or always nagging you know what I mean like mm-hmm. y'all here. Mm-hmm. so likewise if I say I'm not ready then it's on me to say right. okay you know what let's revisit this tonight mm-hmm. and that's how we maintain some sort of um stability in a relationship mm-hmm. Let, let me ask you, you've mentioned your husband a couple of times. Yes. Um, one time being that he was a support for you, telling you it's time for you to get this, this uh, work started. You've been sitting on it too long. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, tell us about your husband as much, or as little as you want, your relationship. Because people hear about counselors and they're hearing this conversation. Um, and you sound like you know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I believe you do, but people often get curious about who's behind, what's happening when they're not in therapist mode. Oh, gosh. I am. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a wife always. But, okay, you know, okay. outside of here, I really do try to leave my work at the office and try to go home and be Mrs. Lawrence. And so... My husband um, actually just retired from the military, 33 years in the Army. Wow, thank yep. you. Yes, <laughs> so 33 wow. years, and he is now work. He's already working, um, loves what he's doing. He's a business analyst, and we actually met online. We met on Plenty of Fish in 2013, okay. and within... The first two, I guess about the first month um, of us communicating, I would only communicate with him via text. Now, I'm not a millennial. I'm in that Generation X, but (laughs) I had some bad experiences. And I said, okay, he seems like a nice guy. I like this picture, you know. And 
I went ahead and said, okay, I'm just going to communicate via text because I was waiting, Dr. Jameson, you know, for if he said something, you know, off the chain, I was going to just crazy. check out. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> then I, I, I can say to myself, okay, I don't even know what he sounds like. I wouldn't have to be in a store going, okay, I know that voice. Nope. Uh, I, so I you were protecting yourself. I was protecting myself. Smart. Take and, notes, ladies. Smart. Yes. <laughs> and literally, we did not have our first conversation until the day before our scheduled date. And so we talked on the phone. I want to say about two hours. I want to say mm-hmm. maybe I would have two hours. I know it was a long time mm-hmm. and I was shocked because it was it was a really good conversation. I already had uh, this application typed up. Oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say application, I know you we talk about people with their lists and everything. Is this along the same lines? This, Mrs. Nope. Lawrence? No, no, no this, this was a, this was a an application with about eight questions um, asking about health history, um, how he would treat me if I was sick, what are his wow. intentions, um, what are his goals, you know, and I put it in the envelope, sealed it up, put it in my purse. Uh, took my clothes with me to work that day that we were scheduled to have our date. I changed at work and I agreed to let him pick me up. However, I also had a friend of mine um, in her car who came out to meet him. Yes, I went that route. Wow. Told y'all I'm generational X, but yeah, hey, this is the stuff you don't hear about these days. Yeah, but I, I took precaution and I took a picture of his license plate just in case, right? But he Listen, seemed that, trustworthy. That, that is some Herdeen stuff. That's the stuff. <laughs> that... <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh-huh. And we went on our date. And as I sat there, I literally said, God, you're funny. And I was like, this is my husband. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone what my thought was at that dinner table. I said nothing because I knew that they would go, she has lost her mind. Of course. And this is how soon after connecting online that you've said Only about a month, a month and a half. Wow. Yep. That's it. Okay. And this is our first time meeting. This is our first date. We're at the National Harbor and we're sitting outside, we're having a great meal. And his idea was to bring at least like seven questions that we would want to ask one another so that the conversation would never go dull. So I gave him the application. I said, please do not open it if you don't have any intention on being in a relationship. And I explained to him the difference between dating and a relationship. Tell us, tell, tell, I'm curious. So dating, from my understanding, is where you can be dating, nothing serious, but dating multiple people at one time. Okay. A relationship means you're committed to this one person. You're on a journey, you're on a mission to reach a particular goal, and that is marriage. And I asked him not to open it. Well, I had my application back two weeks later. Uh, typed up. He asked me to send him um, the Word document so he could type in it. And he answered all of the questions. Wow. And nine months later, we were married. 
I was only engaged for two hours because he proposed on the same day that we got married. I knew we were getting married and I didn't, we started looking at venues and it, I came up and, you know, in my mind, I resolved in my mind that I didn't want a wedding. It was becoming about everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I, I want to be married to you, but I don't want all the stuff that comes with it. And he was okay with that. He was not okay with oh. it. So he asked, could he plan something? Because he felt that I needed to have a wedding. He wanted so to give you that. He wanted to give me a wedding. There were 15 people there. Um, and we got married in the community room. They literally transformed the community room in the apartment building. We had moved in together a month before we got married. And the wedding was officiated by both of my godfathers who are pastors. Wow. And so that was my only requirement. Whatever you do, I don't want to be married by a stranger. And I had a dress, two dresses, because I didn't know what he was doing. My niece made my bouquet. I had all of my jewelry and scarves and all that stuff that I needed, shoes and stuff was just in boxes for about two months. Hmm. And when he proposed, um, I'll send you the video. And um, <laughs> I had rollers in my hair in front of everyone. And oh, I had two hours to get ready. And we've now been married for five years. And so, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. My friend, Sharon Lawrence. Now, I must admit, uh, in case you, you can't tell, towards the end of that uh, interview there, I totally forgot that uh, I was recording the interview for this podcast. We just started talking about our own little business there, you know, but uh, I'm sure you got something out of it as I did. It's almost like you got two episodes in one. So a double treat. Thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Um, please let us know what you thought of this episode. What do you think of the guests that we bring on? Anyone you've come across lately that you feel should be on that our listeners would benefit from? Let us know. Um, when you leave those five star reviews, let us know what you think, where you're coming from, um, what you like, what you don't like. Um, and, and something I like to say, sharing is caring. Okay. Sharing is definitely caring. So, uh, tell a friend, you know, tell your, tell your coworkers, spread the news. Thank you again for joining us. Herdeen will probably be here next time. If not, I'll tell her you guys said hello. Um, and, uh, we hope to catch you on the next episode of the Couples Council. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our mom and dad. If you like them as much as we do, then click subscribe and leave a comment. But now they have to go because it's family time. So go practice what you heard, and we'll catch you on the next episode.